Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus. We read this morning from John's Gospel, the 13th chapter, beginning with the 34th verse. And here Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And we pray. Are these are your words, dear Heavenly Father, sanctifies by the truth, your word is truth. Amen. Please be seated. So uh, this past summer, I learned a little something about painting uh, a room in your house. So basically, you have this bathroom. I didn't really mind the color or anything. It was like gray. Uh, my wife kind of wanted to repaint it, and she was going to do all the initiative, and she was going to paint it and all that. And I was like, okay, sure, you know, whatever, go for it. And so she was picking out the color. And now the thing, if you have not picked out colors for a house, uh, room or anything, here's the thing is like, you don't just go to the store and be like, I'd like blue or I'd like a light green. It's like they have names that are like November rain or sort of sea foam <laughs> or the one that my wife landed on is Monticello peach. And I thought, okay, I, you know, I, I know what a peach looks like. Uh, so I like that makes sense. And she showed me, you know, something on the phone. I'm like, okay, let's go for it. So she's, you know, painting it and all that. And I go and see how it's going. And she's like, what do you think? And I'm like, it's really pink. And by that, I kind of meant like, if I would have named it, I would have named it like, radioactive pink <laughs> is it was like the pink to end all pinks and I was like yeah it's pretty pink there but as long as you're happy I'm happy you know that's you know that's marriage counseling 101 for you <laughs> the thing though is it really wasn't her fault because the thing is is with paints you know, you look at something on your phone, you Google it. Maybe you go and do the extra initiative, you get the little square or whatever. And then you envision it in your mind. And of course, the envisioning it in your mind probably has a lot more to do with like the house you looked on Google and how it looked there and the staging and the lighting. But you have a vision of what this room will look like with this amazing color. But then the reality is actually quite, quite different. And so I, I'm not into painting, I guess. But my point is that often there is a big disconnect between something abstractly speaking, something as we envision it, and the concrete reality of that thing. Painting is one of those things, but I think another one of those things is in our text for today. And that's dealing with love. And I think it, it is worth asking, is love one thing in the abstract, in, you know, the floaty world of ideas and something different in the concrete. And I hope with this text we can explore that today. Now, it might as well be said at this point, I think the text when it says a new command I give you, we might feel like that doesn't sound as horribly new 
this command to love one another. And yeah, it is in the Old Testament. You'll find it in literature of other cultures. Plato has something similar to it. We have other discussions of that beyond the Bible. So we've got to ask, what is it about make, make this command that's something truly new? And I think part of that is this difference between something abstract and something concrete and down to earth. I think the thing is, is that we get an idea of love and we might think, I'm a pretty nice guy, pretty loving person, nice to people, Minnesota nice, we even have that thing for our state. And I think that's one thing in the abstract. But I think if we really probe our lives, I think we see that there are some cracks in that love. And it's not a problem with the law of loving one another. It's really a challenge in how, how we live that out. We can act one way about love, but when the paint hits the wall, so to speak, our love often looks maybe terrifyingly different at times. It's not always something horribly intentional, though. I think sometimes it's just we don't think about things. You know, and it can be easy to gravitate then toward selfishness or just being self-concerned all the time. I mean, think about uh, maybe someone who needs a friend. Well, isn't it easier for us to kind of gravitate toward the people that we think will maybe be like a cool person with us or something as opposed to someone who's like, well, this person kind of looks like he or she needs a friend or someone uh, that needs someone to sit by them. So it can be easy to, even in that, be self-concerned. Maybe sometimes people need a friend to give guidance or help or support to. And it's easy for us that, well, we got a lot of other stuff going on in the day and it's hard to take time aside to to be concerned and show love to that person. Or sometimes it can take a really negative turn. I mean, uh, instead of loving, we can do the opposite. It's easy to tear other people down. It's easier to bully someone. And it's really kind of the same problem as before because ultimately a lot of that derives from uh, having a low self-esteem. And that comes from you know, having trouble grounding our identity and security and contentment in God's love. So, you know, there are all sorts of challenges. I think it's easier said than done. It's easier, easier said than done to be like, yeah, I'm loving, I'm nice, but eh, when the paint hits the wall, it can get ugly. I think the newness of Jesus' command, though, is what hints at the solution. You know, he talks about this new command, and he says... Uh, as I loved you, that you also love one another. You know, he says this right before he's going to be crucified. Jesus is our great concretization of God's love for us as he goes and dies on the cross. He brought God's love literally down to earth for us as though true God, he lived here on this earth with us. He lived in lowliness. He lived being a friend to people and reaching out even to enemies to make up for those times that we've fallen short. 
so that our slate would be wiped clean. He showed his great love by dying on the cross. And sure, a lot of people died on a cross in antiquity, but he died on a cross for you to take your guilt and sins on himself and, and, and take those away. While we were sinners, he's like, I'm going to die for these people. I love them. He, he did that because he wanted so much more for you and he accomplished so much more for you. Because by dying, he took on your sins and took them away. By rising, he's defeated death because he wants you in heaven. And he's done everything to make that work out. He's paid the debt of our sins. He's come to you in the word and sacraments to come and work faith, strengthen you in that faith. He's done this all out of his great love for you. He's done it to bring you uh, to heaven someday. So love for Jesus is not some floaty, abstract idea. It's very, very concrete. And everything that's been wrong for us, it's like he's painted it over, uh, painted it clean, painted it with forgiveness and making things right. And so now this brings a newness to our lives too. Just as Jesus makes God's love concrete to us in our lives and as that finds concretization in the word and, and sacraments, we have the opportunity to make God's love concrete and down to earth to the people around us. Uh, he wants us along for that ride. And that's such a wonderful opportunity that he lets us do that as well. I mean, the awkward thing is it's kind of hard to speak concretely about it to you all because I don't know what's going on in your life. But I would challenge you, you know, think, how can I concretize God's love to someone today and tomorrow and the next day? And just so you don't think, I'm, you know, here preaching one thing and I'm going to let myself off the hook. I mean, if you need encouragement or prayers or something, you know, send me an email or something. I'll, I'll get back to you. Call me up. You can, you know, you know the Bethany email scheme. First letter, N, and then Prooks. If there's something I can do, you know, email me. We, we, sometimes we need encouragement, and that, that's okay. I, need, I can't just preach about you guys concretizing God's love. I gotta, I gotta, you know, be part of that too. And the best part is, is Jesus says, by this all will know that you are my disciples. In other words, we are already his disciples. We already have our identity in him. We already have heaven. When we love one another, it's not to earn those things. It's a joyful thing because we've already been given the stuff we really need. We already have our identity in him by grace. So, it's about that time. What should we walk away from this text thinking? I hope we've learned a few things today. I hope we've learned probably one don't do Monticello peach unless you really, really, really are into pink. Probably two, don't let me pick out any paint colors. But three, I hope, and most importantly, we learn that Christ makes his love for us concrete. He concretizes God's love for us. He demonstrated it by the cross, and now he lets us concretize that love to the people around us. It only works out because you already have his love. You already have his forgiveness. You already have heaven itself. Amen. Please rise.
we pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for demonstrating your love for us and forgiving us of our sins and saving us by your cross. Help us demonstrate your love to the people around us. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.